Big pickup for Nebraska in the recruiting world as Grant Bricks finally gives his intention to publicly commit to the Huskers. I think this Brunts has been in the works for a while, but Nebraska gets one of its biggest commitments in the 2024 class in Logan Magnolia offensive lineman Grant Bricks. I, of course, am Mike Shaver, joined by Michael Brunts. We're here discussing the latest news for Nebraska in recruiting, which is the addition of Grant Bricks to the class. Brunts, this is a guy that it doesn't always seem to go this way for Nebraska, where you've got those like three targets every year that you know are just really vital and critical to what Nebraska wants to do. And it's one of those long running recruitments where it just sort of felt like at one point you could talk yourself into any of the sort of three teams that he had settled on in Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Nebraska as the, the likely place that he would end up at. And I feel like people had a tough time just getting over the hump that Nebraska was the one that made the most sense. And yet ultimately here we are in November, Grant Bricks has committed to the Huskers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was expecting a let's get hyped to start this one off. Um, <laughs> no, that's dead until 2024. Yeah. Yeah. That no needs, more we hype. Need, we need some break from, we need a break from that. No, it's a big win. I mean, it's uh, it's been a, I, I think a fair to say a prolonged battle for Grant Bricks, um, somebody that took his time with the process. Um, it it's, has seemed like all fall uh, that he's been nearing a decision, but was very deliberate in the process. I think was probably legitimately torn between the three schools for yeah. the most part. Um, but I, I think you know Nebraska. They recruited him well. I mean, they, 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 from the get-go, have said he was a priority. They've talked nothing but offensive tackle to him um, during the recruitment. He even had, you know, they, they took the, the truck up there uh, to, to Logan Magnolia, parked it in front of the football football field there, too. But, um, you know, I, I think a, a big get, not only because of what he projects in the future to be, but also because I think it shows that, Matt Rule and the staff are able to kind of win those elbows out recruiting battles for guys who are more, uh, you know, nationally coveted prospects. I mean, this is a, a top 100 recruit, the number one recruit in the state of Iowa, um, according to the 24-7 sports composite and 24-7 sports. So th this is a big win um, at, at a position where Nebraska needs to continue to stack classes. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hit on – on the part that I think is is most important, which is Nebraska's got to be able to land some of these difference makers in the Midwest. And for a long time, it's largely sort of been Oklahoma has kind of been the king. And if you get an out-of-market team comes in, maybe they have an opportunity. But for the most part, unless the guy has been in the state of Nebraska, Nebraska hasn't really been able to pull in the top kids in the Midwest. And so for Matt Rule to be able to do that with a top 247 offensive lineman in Grant Bricks and doing it over Oklahoma and Kansas State, both of which have had more recent success, have played in more meaningful games, and have done so under their current coaching staff, it, it kind of shows you that the vision that Matt Rule laid out and the reason that Grant Bricks is committing – has nothing to do with the five and seven season that's at hand. It's his belief in what Matt Rule is projecting Nebraska to be forward. And I think proximity. Those are the two, the two big things that that are, you know, played a big part in this whole recruitment. But 
really, it, it's good to see because they're going to need to do it for Christian Jones. They had to do it for Carter Nelson. They're going to have to to probably be in a battle for Alex Mansky, who continues to be uh, more and more notable um, quarterback recruit for the 2024 cycle, 25 cycle, excuse me. Uh, so you you're going to have to to win some of these recruiting battles. And there's kids in the Kansas City, Kansas area and Andrew Babaloa. I mean, we're, we're going to start talking about him as kind of the next big key offensive line target. And to be able to, to, to show that you can do this with Grant Bricks, to be able to show that you can win a big recruiting battle against Oklahoma and make no mistake, they did not move on to anyone else. They did not you know, pass on Grant Bricks for someone else. They wanted Grant Bricks. This was a straight up Nebraska won the recruiting battle. You know, we don't always, sometimes there's teams that are in there, like Alabama was in the mix for this one, but they were not battling until the very end. Oklahoma was battling until the very end. And Brunson, we just don't have a lot of stories like that. I mean, we've covered recruiting collectively between the two of us over this last decade of what Nebraska's done. And really only Turner Corcoran kind of comes to mind in terms of a Nebraska-Oklahoma situation that went Nebraska's way. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else, not, not offhand. I mean, this you, is you've a, got guys like Malachi Coleman and others where there was interest, but it never felt like you got the full force of what Oklahoma was going to try to do yeah. or, or to go after. And you did with Grant Bricks. And, you know, I it's still remarkable to me. Their, their offensive line coach makes like the six and a half hour drive or whatever it is to, to get up to, to Logan Magnolia for a playoff game. Uh, actually, it was a road playoff game. And, you know, the offensive line coach is there. And the next day, Grant Bricks is at Nebraska-Purdue. Like, I, I think that more than anything told me where this thing was going to go. Yeah. I mean, you, you've seen Grant Bricks a, a couple times um, in, in games. You've gone up there for practices. You've, you've uh, set up shop at Logan Magnolia. You, you've, you've talked about the, the idyllic football set it that got there with the cornfields right in the background. But what, what, I guess, for people that have not watched his highlights, have not seen him play, um, what, what do you project as kind of what the next couple of years look like for him? Because he's obviously got a lot of star power behind his name. He's going to play in the Army, in the All-American Bowl in, in San Antonio. Um, but what do you see kind of as his his trajectory and how soon he could potentially, um, you know, kind of factor in for Nebraska, because I think there's going to be a little bit of growth that has to happen there, just given the level of football he plays at now and the jump he's going to have to make. Yeah. I don't look for him uh, to, to be in the mix as a true freshman on Nebraska's offensive line. And a lot of that has to do with what's in front of him. And so he's going to be able to arrive on campus and probably have a year in order to develop and get better and the biggest thing, honestly, Brunts, is going to be getting him in the strength and conditioning program. I mean, this is a guy that is an athletic 300-some pounds. He's nearly 6'6". He does not look to be the weight that he carries. He'll be closer to two, you know, 85 because of wrestling that he has coming up. He's got to be able to make weight there. But, you know, by next summer, he's going to be around 300. And then you're going to continue to kind of put weight and mass on him. 
and you want to retain that athleticism. He moves really well for a big guy. Now, he does not play in an offense currently or did not play in an offense at Logan Magnolia where they threw the ball a lot. So pass protection is going to be something that he's going to have to get better at. I think it's going to be interesting where he naturally slides in as an offensive lineman. You know, some services view him as an interior guy. Nebraska has told him the entire time tackle. It strikes me as he's probably more of a right tackle than a left tackle. And he could be someone that you're preparing ultimately to take over for Bryce Benhart if he could do it in that sort of short turnaround. But that's what you're hoping for, you know, with Grant Bricks. And a lot of it is going to come down to how he makes that transition to the different offensive style. You know, when you run the ball 90% of the time and the sort of way that teams would try to take him out at the knees. I mean, it's one of the few offensive linemen I've ever seen where defensive players cut block him. So he can't get to the second level. You know, that's what was happening on every every snap, basically, at the game that I was at earlier this year. They want to take him out from getting the, their linebackers and safeties. So the defensive ends are diving at his knees on every play. So he's he's going to experience different things entirely in, in college football. But his athleticism is, you know, really, really strong uh, for, for a big guy. And then the other part about it, he's just an achiever. He's one of those kids that is uh, good at everything he does in high school. He's your drum major. He's your homecoming king. He's probably going to be your valedictorian. He's a 4.0 student or whatever his GPA is because they have AP classes. You know, it's beyond 4.0. I mean, he's just one of those types of guys. And so, um, honestly, in some ways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a very strange name at you here. In some ways, from the mental aspect, he's a lot like Michael Decker, uh, mm. you know, a sort of a cerebral, different thinking football. I don't know his is his entire life, but he loves it. So it's not a question where, you know, this isn't someone who's going to show up and doesn't care about the sport in the same way. He he's just sort of a different guy. He thinks and talks and acts, you know, a, a little bit different than just what you you get sometimes out of your your offensive lineman. And so I'm curious to see how that plays. I'm curious to see, you know, how the fit is for everything. But they're going to have a, a year or so to, to try to get him ready uh, for that right tackle position. And that's kind of where I think he slots in early here as we look at what Nebraska has on their offensive line. And then if you think about it, they need him to probably be a tackle given the rest of the pieces they have on this offensive line and how many interior linemen uh, they, they currently have in the class for, for 2024. What do you make of the, the job that Matt Rule and his staff have done so far with recruiting offensive line? Because you, you look at what was there when they came in. I mean, th- this year you could really see once, you know, you had guys go down with injuries. They had depth this year, which they haven't had in the past. But there there's very much a separation between, you know, the – the veteran guys, the the Ben Hart's, the Pipers, the Corcoran's that have been here for a long time. And the class that they brought in last year that's kind of growing. You saw Sam Sledge uh, get in the the two deep. I mean, Gatula is your backup left tackle at the end yeah. of the year. Gunner Gatula is in the two deep right now. Um, what do you kind of make of the job that they've done so far with addressing that position while also factoring in that they're not afraid to move a guy like Ruquan Buckley over to the offensive line if they see like he fits there. But how do you kind of see that picture coming together? Because Bricks gives them five offensive line commits in this class stacked on top of last year's class, plus the additions and kind of movement that they've had. How do you, how do you kind of think they've, they've 
added to that group and maybe, you know, built towards the future. What's interesting about this staff is I don't know that they're as concerned as the last staff was in getting those really large body types. Uh, if you noticed, I mean, I think Bricks is your biggest of the offensive linemen they've recruited out of high school so far. He's six, five and a half. Uh, obviously I'm sure they would love to get, you know, the giant tackles if they could, but it does feel like they might more than others because Gunnar Catula is not a huge guy. And if he's your left tackle, I mean, there's probably a five to six inch difference between him and Teddy Prohaska. Uh, so, you know, they they seem more comfortable, not necessarily having those classic bookend tackles. Uh, now they still could go out and take another offensive lineman in this cycle uh, you have Xander Ruggeroli from Bishop Gorman is someone who took an unofficial visit. I believe he'll be back in December potentially for an official visit. Uh, that's someone that Nebraska seems to be in in a pretty good spot with. There's other offensive linemen that the names have popped up, you know, here throughout the last month of, of November. But it does seem like they are a little bit more comfortable, uh, not necessarily having the, the classically large offensive linemen that, we saw Scott Frost and, and Greg Austin and at the end, Donovan Rayola really kind of search after. So I think that in itself is, is pretty fascinating. And then the other thing is because you're returning all of this depth, it sort of allows a guy like Catula that he can get his feet wet and continue to have a second spring. Uh, you might be in a better spot with him, you know, as your, as your backup left tackle, if something were to happen to Teddy Prohaska that he could be able to step in and play. And then you're building that depth for where he's ultimately potentially a starter for you here in a year or two. So I, I like what's happening up front. I mean, I will honestly say Nebraska, you know, record wise, the year didn't go particularly well, but I think you'd have to be almost a cynic to say that the offensive line wasn't miles better than where it was in 2022. Now the bar was really low, but I, and again, you're going to return a lot of these guys. I, I feel like the offensive line is one of the few questions that you don't have about the offense as a whole. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think back. I mean, it, it's been a while since you – I mean, you, in the past, it's always kind of felt like there's been this question of like, okay, well, who's who's next? I mean, and, and it's kind of exemplified by the center spot and Nebraska's just complete inability to – have any kind of continuity with guys in the program there. I think bringing in Ben Scott was really huge in terms of just kind of settling that position. I think they feel good about Justin Evans Jenkins and what he can be there long-term. I think Sam Sledge could probably play center or guard if yep. needed. I know they talked to him a little bit about center uh, during the recruiting process as well. So, um, you know, they've, they've got a lot of interior guys um, in this class that will sign in December uh, that I think are kind of, you know, upside guys. And, you know, if they can figure out the tackle depth spot, I, I you know, that that's always one that seems like Nebraska's trying to shoehorn guys that are maybe a better guard uh, into a tackle spot than, than maybe what they would like to. But just numbers-wise, they've got a lot of guys to sort through and to kind of figure out who fits. And I think that's been a little bit of – it's been a, a little unique. I mean, in the past, it's kind of felt like, you brought in some guys that were real, just kind of not lottery tickets, but guys that were going to need two, three years yep. of development. The Jimmy uh, Fritchies of the world. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Anderson and and you were kind of hoping, well, if he just does this or this happens and, and, you know, I, I think they're in a better spot there. So we'll see if that pans out. Yeah. I, I agree with that. 
Entirely. And they're also in a really interesting spot where they could have some tight ends could ultimately end up as offensive linemen too, with guys like Eric Ingerson and Ian Flint, though you could also look at it where they need a power component at the tight end spot. And it felt like maybe they were lacking that with Thomas Fedoni and, 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 uh, and Borkercher at times in, in 2024 in terms of sealing the edge. So there's a lot up front that I think remains somewhat unsettled, but what this 2024 crop, you know, between the tight ends and the offensive linemen, they brought in some guys that can move people. I mean, it definitely feels like some of these offensive linemen they have coming in, whether it's Gibson Pyle, whether it's, you know, the the aforementioned Grant Bricks, uh, or even, you know, some of the other ones, Jake Peters or Landon Davidson. I, I think they have some real good run blocking potential, uh, you know, coming through the pipeline here. The question is going to be, can they stabilize the offensive line protection and can they find those tackles? And so uh, we will, you know, certainly have a lot of thoughts on that as we get deeper into it. But a big day for Nebraska recruiting. Uh, you know, right now, Brunts, obviously it'll be super six times soon enough, but Grant Bricks, he's he's got to be on the super six. Is he is he all the way towards the top for you? Uh, he would be, I would say, top three. Um, there's some other members of Nebraska's recruiting class that I that are perhaps not as highly ranked that I would actually have Camden probably Cook. Him. What's that? Camden Cook. Uh, well, he he would in, in terms of spent a lot of time talking about punting, so I may have to back my uh, yeah my own you know conversation your, up with with a high ranking there. Put your super six where your mouth is. Um, yeah, I I think uh, I think there's some I, I think Bricks will be on the list on a lot of people's lists as he should be. Yep. All right. Well, we uh, we just wanted to touch base, talk a little about Grant Bricks finally being in Nebraska's class. It feels like oh, I don't know. We've scheduled some version of this podcast like four times previously. So here we are finally getting to have the conversation. Nebraska walks away with one of their biggest commitments of the class. And another positive sign for what Matt Rule can get accomplished in recruiting, I think, and and something uh, to consider as we move forward as the 2025 class starts to ramp up as early signing period is uh, is almost upon us. Brunch, anything you want to add? No. it's uh, we, We're hitting the final – what, 20 days here? Yeah. A few days? Yeah, you just have final countdown on repeat. At least yeah. I do over here. Basically three weeks. The portal opens next week. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a hellacious next three weeks. Yeah. Well, the, the portal watching alone is going to be, uh, you know, quite time consuming for all parties involved. So, you know, find yourself a nice comfy chair, make sure you got the the charger nearby and uh, we'll, we'll have all the coverage for you at Husker 24 seven. So be sure to check out Husker 24 com for more grant bricks coverage, for more recruiting coverage for basketball coverage, for football wrap up. All of that can be found at Husker 24 com. for Michael Brunson, Mike Shaver, we're Husker 24 seven. We'll be back later with more Husker 24 seven content.